coming up next on the Reddit Podcast. Um, the Houston Texans called me. Mm-hmm. They said, Mac Brown, we're going to bring you here for rookie minicamp. You got two days to prove if you're a good player. After two days, you go home. Jeez. So rookie minicamp, you're not a priority free agent <laughs> or a draft pick. So draft picks and priority free agents, you on the team for sure. A rookie minicamp invite, you just got two days to show your talent. Mm-hmm. I got the ball. And remember, Fred was like, he saw he's tired. Fred, my dog now, but yeah. I mean, we said that. I remember the first play, I just shot through the hole. Mm. Went right past him. And by that time, looking at him like, it's on now. You said, who saw who? And we, what? And we, and we had Joe <laughs> Kai, you had Moose. So yeah. we had a great defense. But my thing is, already, I'm on a team with a lot of great athletes. But I wanted to bring something to the offense. Like, mm-hmm. listen, I'm not coming here to be a part of the pack. I want to yeah, be over. The, I want to be. In. I want to be. I want to really help y'all lead to a championship. Like, I, I had a key in early and just focus on where my two two feet is located. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm gonna be at. I mm-hmm. be present where my two feet is. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm right here talking to you. That's all I'm worried about right now. I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. So, at that moment is, if I could train hard as I can and be the best I could be at this moment, mm-hmm. then I'm gonna be better the next day. Mm. So I wasn't worrying about what's going to go on next. Only thing I knew is I had a dream when I was a little kid to make it to the pros. Mm. And I'll make it to reality. So no matter what toss and turns or what roadblocks I got to go through, this my Building a legacy. So watch how you study me. You know what's in here. There ain't no comparison. Stacking up guarantee. Moving so militant. Consistent and disciplined. Getting that paper and stacking it up. No time for no chilling, man. Building a legacy. So watch how you study me. You know what's in here, there ain't no comparison, stacking up guarantees. Movement so militant, consistent and disciplined. Getting that paper and stacking it up, no time for no chilling, man. Yo, what's good? It's Sir Gates. You're now tuning in to another episode of the Inherited Podcast. Hope everybody today is going well today, man. So look, today's guest is a special guest again. All on special with our new bro for a long time. Five years in the NFL, real estate investor. You know, he's a... Um, Great dude, motivational speaker. So, I got Mac Brown in the building. So, what's good with you, bro? You doing man. all right, man? Yes, man. I appreciate you having me on the show. I'm excited. Yes, I'm sir, man. Yes, sir. So, let's do it. So, before I start the show, you know, um, what I like to do is to break the ice real quick a little bit. You got this deck of cards right here, right? So, I'm going to pull a card. I don't know what it's going to say, but we both going to answer the question. It ain't, it ain't nothing crazy. Gotcha. like outlandish. So, yeah. it's going to see uh, what it is. So, this uh, get it going. So, let's see what the first card is going to be. Uh, let's see. Let's see. All right. You have 100K. You have to donate or create a charity. What do you do? Donate or create a charity. Um, I'm going to create a charity. Well, uh, what, what kind of charity would you do? So I have a charity. Um, it's called Build Tough. Mm-hmm. And the charity I do, I make sure I give money back for the kids for scholarships. Because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of kids, they don't have the funds to go to college. Facts. And that's what we. That's our future of our world is the kids, so Facts. definitely do that first. Facts. Um, myself, I do the same thing because I like to give back to the community. So I'll definitely start a charity to pretty much kind of look out for the youth. Uh, and so my whole thing is like I love to try to instill discipline and consistency. So yeah. I'll do something of that nature. Like I always want to do, and I know I'm going to do it one day. Is I want to kind of bring the element of the military to the civilian world for like the youth. Just that structure, that it's discipline. Smart. smart. Just to yeah. it's like can be like a minister boot camp, but. Yeah. With the same morals that's going to be instilled into the children, so if I had that to do that, that's definitely what I would do for sure. So I agree. I mean, that's what, I mean. I will lie to you. Growing up, my dad was like that. Yeah, kind of militant. Like, make sure we on schedule. Like even yeah. now, like I, I, I tell my people, like I got to leave the house at this time so mm-hmm. I can get here at this time. Man, yeah. I am the same way. Yeah. It's a struggle trying to get my girl on point with this time, <laughs> but it's just a woman thing. But yeah. so we gonna hop right into it, man. So get on the podcast. What I love to do is just. 
um, start at the beginning, you know, from childhood, uh, growing up. Just want to get your origin story, right? Because somebody who may be listening or watching may get motivated from it, uh, inspired, and just get that spark into them to say, like, hey, I can do this too. I want to do this as well. So just take us back to young Matt growing up, um, like where you grew up from, where you grew up at, uh, the household, just those type of things. So how was Matt Brown's childhood growing up? You know what? It was it was fun growing up. You know, um, I was born in Decatur. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Decatur East Side. Born in Decatur. So, <laughs> you know, so on that side of town, then we moved to close to Stone Mountain. Mm-hmm. And that's where I played my first um, year of football at. Mm-hmm. Is that Redan Park? Mm-hmm. But I played baseball and football. So I played baseball first at Way Walker and football first at Redan Park. But, mm-hmm. you know, growing up, um, my parents knew I was always great in doing stuff like even when I was playing tag in my class in kindergarten, people couldn't catch me. And my mom was like, you too active. She's like, you too active. You got to get football. And my dad was like, nah, he might get hurt. You might get hurt. And I remember mom, well, I don't remember, but my mom told me like a couple years ago, she's like, your first practice, you went out touch like every play. Mm. And that season, I scored 41 touchdowns that year. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. And that's, I didn't really know about football. And my dad, like, you see my number growing up. I had a 33 number. You know, mm-hmm. 33 is kind of like old school Number like you know people when we yeah, was growing up they wanted one two twenty one threes yeah, yeah. The small numbers <laughs> but my dad instead at me early like Tony Dorsett was a great back you know he loved the Cowboys mm-hmm. so I was like okay I keep thirty three and um just growing up in the community with a lot of athletes in the Cab County mm-hmm. I always wanted to be the best mm-hmm. like I took it serious early you know um I always tell people keep two feet in no matter what you do in life right mm-hmm. so for me you know. I, Every time I touched the field, I wanted to score. Every time I touched the field, I wanted to dominate. Mm-hmm. You know, playing running back, you um, as a little kid, people always want to hit you. But my thing is I want to hit first. Mm. So that's why, you know, growing up was fun. You know, 60-pound to 105 to 11 to 12, unlimited weight, I always wanted to be the best player I can be. Yeah, yeah. man. So pretty much how you saying growing up, it was your household was just a, a place of motivation and inspiration for it. There was yeah. no – did you have experience any times where – as far as like struggle or those kind of situations, it was just pretty much a smooth selling uh, uh, childhood growing up for you. You know what? It wasn't smooth selling, but my parents did be great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I grew up in you know full household with my mom, my dad, and my two sisters, mm-hmm. two older sisters. My dad worked all day long. He worked from five a.m. to ten o'clock at night. He mm-hmm. do uh, HVAC, mm-hmm. so he more of like a you know on the foot grind old school. Mm-hmm. And my mom, um, she wasn't working at first growing up. And they started working like around middle school. And after that, we got to high school, my parents got divorced. Mm-hmm. So like I said again, it wasn't it wasn't smooth selling, but yeah. they did their best they can. But once they got divorced, it kind of got hard. You know, mm-hmm. um, we ended up like, we ended up moving out. I moved with my aunt for a little bit. Me and my dad, my mom moved with her sister for a couple months. And just that one process of the divorce happened, mm-hmm. that's around ninth grade, 10th grade, I said, whoa, this is different. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I'm used to, being in the house with my two sisters, my mom and my dad. Now I'm in the yeah. basement with my dad and my mom with my aunt and my sister with my aunt. So I used to seeing four people every day. Now I'm only seeing one, you know what I'm saying? So from that process on, I said, I got to take football serious. You know, I got to take it serious. I got to get a scholarship. Mm-hmm. I said, because miss one thing happening, what I'm going to do next? So I, I took it serious from that point on. That was ninth grade, 10th grade, you know, I dominated. We got, yeah. I know we got more questions coming up, but yeah, yeah. no, nah, it, <laughs> it was it was it was it was cool. It was great, you know. Great parents. Um, nobody on drugs, you know. They always took care of us. They loved us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to the best school, like Marble Theme School was a great um, theme school growing up. Mm-hmm. But like I said again, once the divorce happened, that's when things got rocky. So like when that divorce happened, did it take you through like a mental turmoil, like like in a in a bad way, or and then also a second part to that question. 
I know you said like you took football serious, like this is this is what I gotta do at that point. Was that in efforts to try to like bring your family back together in some kind of way, or was it just like just your outlet of dealing with what was going on at the time? So if I jump back a little bit, so seventh grade was the year I really took football serious. Mm-hmm. Um, that year we had a championship game against I played for Central Cab at the time. And that year we had a championship game against um Old National. Mm-hmm. Old National Gold. Everyone kept saying his running back named DJ was the best running back in the league. <laughs> and I'm just smiling, like, okay, <laughs> I think so. We'll see. So we get to the game. Um our team got in a car accident. So mm-hmm. it was a car accident on 75. So half my team couldn't play the first half. They couldn't play to the third quarter. Yeah. So the first half was only four starters on offense. So I, I remember I was in the huddle. This is seventh grade. That's why I knew that things changed, like the clock changed. Like as an athlete, in that seventh grade, mm-hmm. it's a different turn. It's different um, time to turn over. It's different mm-hmm. turnover. It's like you got a lot of kids. that's great between kindergarten through six. Mm-hmm. Seventh grade, that's when you start seeing who gonna be who gonna the be great. Development, older. yeah, development, yeah. yeah. And I remember that first half. I said, you know what? I said, just give me the ball. I said, mm-hmm. I got this. Just give me the ball. And I remember that was in seventh grade. And that half, I was doing moves. I was I seen people on TV doing moves. I started doing all type of moves. And I remember after the game, it was a write up, and it was like this guy right here is special. So jump forward back to ninth grade, and when the divorce happened, you know, I just remember everything happened for seventh grade, eighth grade. I'm like, man, I, I changed my team dynamics. I'm just doing a lot of good things. Mm-hmm. So when I seen the divorce happen and we end up, um, you know, separating, uh, I, I told myself, I said, I got to take football serious. Mm-hmm. And like you, the question you asked me, like, football did bring my family together. Because on Friday Night Lights from 10th grade, to senior year or 10th grade through college, all my family came together to watch I me play. I remember it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All my family, my sisters at the game, my aunt came to the game, my grandparents, uncle, cousins, everyone to come see the show. Mm-hmm. And my thing was, I had to put a show on. Yeah. Yeah, and that was that was. So it. who was your, uh, your favorite football player growing up? And, well, of course, running back would be the position, but who did you idolize and look up to as, a, as an athlete? You know what? I ain't really start watching football till around like sixth grade, I believe. Mm-hmm. I watched a lot of baseball. I love Chip really? Jones growing up, yeah. But football wise, person I idolized, I like I love Mike Vick growing up. Mm. And I, I won't say he's a running back. Um, well, so I like Mike Vick a lot. I like Terrell Owens a lot. Okay, two but running back wise, Ladainia Thompson. Okay, LT. LT was a beast. He LT. always a beast. Yeah, he <laughs> I do that little flip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was a beast. I wore his cleats in high school, but um. Growing up, like that, you know, elementary school and middle school, it was mm-hmm. T.O. and Mike Vick. And then basketball is Kobe, you know. So I, those are my three athletes I just love watching. Like, mm-hmm. They got, um, you can see within you, the mindset they had is reflecting. So I can tell when you say those names, it make a lot of sense. Because I remember, uh, it probably wasn't the first time we met, but you came to MLK in what grade? Oh, 11th grade. 11th grade. Yeah. So cause I remember one day, because I, um, I was playing football in ninth and I think 10th. But before you even came, it was just a talk. You know, uh, we getting well, Matt Brown coming over did. here, right? And I was like, <laughs> everybody like, who, who? Some people knew, of course, because yeah. you ran track too, right? Yeah, I did run track. Yeah, yeah. so people knew. I was like, who was Matt Brown? Who was Matt Brown? Once you came, it was over with. It, whoever yeah. was starting and running at oh, the yeah. time, this shit was yeah. dead, dog. You know, you know, it's crazy. Like I remember that. Um, I came from in Tim Gray, and I got my first Power Five Tim Gray from Michigan. Mm. When I got to MLK, you know, MLK was like, once you get there, you know, we all in high school, we yeah. kids. So people <laughs> on the team was like, nah, man, you wasn't that good. We had a running back named Cadero. He, he yeah, was the I best running that. back. In my head, I'm thinking, but you know, you know, like people don't understand what I've been through the last couple of years. Like, yeah. my parents got divorced. Like, y'all feeding me right now. So everything y'all saying, I'm using, yes, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm storing that in my head. Like, mm-hmm. this real. Like, 
I ain't gonna fight you, but this real. Yeah. This is what I do. Uh-huh. Y'all, y'all play with it. Y'all, y'all go to practice. Y'all wanna see the girls and have fun. This what this shit what I do. That's what I live. And it, it showed, it's bro. So I'm telling you, once you came, yeah. the domination was so real. It was just like, damn. As soon as Matt hit the field, if you started or whatever, you ain't starting no more. But the yards and numbers you was putting up. Oh yeah. Like yeah. you had. Gave the morale to the school. Like, we got the best back out here in the, uh, yeah. in the, in the league right now in high school football. Yeah. So yeah, you can was, tell you put quick. that work in and, yeah, and was on your game, bro. I remember, I remember like yesterday, man, first day of practice with, with um, MLK, I just had a morning workout. Mm-hmm. My training at Mr. Curtis and Tucker. So I left waste that morning. So when I got to MLK around at 11 o'clock on practice, you know, I started throwing up. It's like, oh, this guy. Remember Fred Barnes? Yeah. Like, this guy, <laughs> he, he's, he's not that good. He's, he's tired. He can't finish the workout. So I remember I'm throwing that in my head. So, but I'm remember I'm training before they even get there. I'm mm-hmm. training five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning. I'm running by myself with my trainer, and then I come to practice That's after that. So though. I'm already fatigued before I get there. You know what I'm saying? So I remember um, there's a lot of guys talking trash. I remember we got the training camp. We was in um, North Georgia. I think it was Delonica, I believe. I think it was mm-hmm. Delonica. I'm not sure. It was North Georgia. And bro, I'm not lying to you, bro. Like keep real, y'all. I ain't get taco not one time in training camp. Damn. Not one time. And I. Don't, I I could probably call somebody to vouch for me, but I ain't get talking one time in training camp. Right, I believe you. Not one time. <laughs> I mean, the first time I got the ball, I remember Fred was like, he's soft, he's tired. Fred, my dog now, but yeah. I mean, we said that. I remember the first play, I just shot through the hole, mm. went right past him. And by that time, looking at him, like, it's on now. You said, who's soft? Who and, and we, you know, we had Joe Kai, you had Moose, so yeah. we had a great defense. But my thing is, already, I'm on a team with a lot of great athletes. But I wanted to bring something to the offense. Like, mm-hmm. listen, I'm not coming here to be a part of the pack. I want to yeah, be over. The, I want to be. In. I want to be. I want to really help y'all lead to a championship. Like, I appreciate you guys bringing me in, but mm-hmm. I want to show dominance. I want to mm-hmm. really be the best back in the in, in the state because I had other stuff off the field that I wanted to prove. So yeah. it's just gonna be okay with just my destination to show my talent. Mm-hmm. But I want to show everybody I'm the best back that mm-hmm. was, at Touch Georgia. That was my goal. And then, but still, real quick, shout out to Joel Kike. Now he the the coach oh, of yeah, my dog. Uh, MLK best, football best player, team now. So that's yes. amazing, but. So yeah. how did that transition actually come to you either choosing or being recruited to MLK? Like, what happened there from, like, I'm leaving Redan and come to MLK to play football here? Well, I'm going to be real. Uh, Tim Gray, we playing Noonan High School. Mm-hmm. We in the playoffs. Um, they number one team in the state. Mm-hmm. We we really made it to the playoffs. We won a game in overtime. I scored last play overtime in high school with Tim Gray. We playing Noonan High School, number one defense in the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. I had, like, 160 on them. Mm-hmm. 160, yep. And I broke. We on a goal line by the score. Our quarterback caught an audible on, on the three-yard line. Threw a pick and lost the game. <laughs> I took it so serious. I said, listen, I really dominated this game. We all dominated as a team. Like, I really put some yards up. Because, you know, you control the clock, you can win mm-hmm. the game. We control the clock, moving the stick, moving the sticks. And as we lost the game, I told my dad, I said, you know what? I'm leaving. Dang. But my dad was trying to get me to go to Stevenson High School since eighth grade. He wanted me to go to ninth grade and tenth grade. Because Stevenson was one of the ones back yeah, then. Yeah, they wanted they you know, they to so <laughs> I actually went to so they practice ninth grade and tenth grade. Every every year I went to one practice and went out there. And I was like, I don't want to go there. I'm going back to Redan. Mm-hmm. I want to prove my dad also, like, Redan can go to playoffs. Went mm-hmm. to playoffs twice, ninth grade. Ninth grade year, tenth grade year. I think it's the last time we've been, but we went ninth grade and tenth grade. And then um, after my tenth grade year, I told my dad I want to leave. So. Mm-hmm. I was getting recruited by Southwest Cab, Stevenson, um, Tucker, schools in Gwinnett, and uh, MLK. Some of the ones too, and, yeah. And it was Christmas break, me and my dad went to visit Coach Jarvis. And when we sat down, man, he had me laughing. And I was like, man, I love this coach. Coach Jarvis was one of the best coaches I love ever, him, man. <laughs> I fell in love with Coach Jarvis in, in literally two minutes. I told my dad when we got in the car. 
He's like, you want to go to sleep? He said, tomorrow. I said, nah, man, I'm good. I'm going to go to, I, I like MLK. So mm-hmm. let me run track with my cousin and my friends one more year. And then once we went stay in track, I'm going to go to MLK, MLK. So Yeah, just speaking on Coach Jarvis, like that man, he won. Like, he was stern, of course, and he instilled discipline. But he, it's like he understood on the other side of that. People are still human, so he brought that yeah. that energy of yeah, I understand you, you yeah. know. But we hear you got a job to get done, and he really was pushing for y'all to get that job done. And any football player or any athlete he worked with, period, best coach out of MLK. Yeah, one of the best coaches I've been around. I, mean, I had a great coach at Reed and too, Coach Fleetwood. I mm-hmm. love Fleetwood, and I love my coordinator Atwater. But we had a you know Jarvis was a good coach, man. Mm-hmm. He was a good X's and O's. He, he break the film down to you. He, he teach you football other than just Pass hitting mm-hmm. content, he tell you about like off the field of like being a student of the game. Fact, that's what that, I that part. So, yeah. so after you um did your high school career, then you moved to college football. So just talk about that transition from high school football to college football. Like, was it difficult just to adjust to those type of play calls and in a, a collegiate area, or how was that transition for you uh, going through that move? You know, it was pretty. It, it was. It wasn't too hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, like I said, I came out of high school. Um, well, I didn't say it yet, but I came out of high school. You no, know, mm-hmm. top top fifteen in the nation in my position. Um, so I had like every offer. When I went to Florida, we had Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. You know, in college football, whoever recruits you is who, who gonna play you. Mm-hmm. So my first year, I played uh, played like three four games, and then by that time mid season, Urban Meyer was like, um, he's gonna step down. Mm-hmm. So he kind of advised a lot of guys like, listen, we're gonna you know. Y'all need probably, you know, medical red shirt, save mm-hmm. a year because y'all got a new coach coming the next year. So transition-wise, it was easy my freshman year. Mm-hmm. But going to my sophomore year, a new coach came in, you know, mm-hmm. spring is my sophomore year. I'm balling this spring. I'm like, I'm going crazy in spring ball. I'm like number two in the depth chart, and I break my leg. Damn. So that transition, that's what got, that's, that's what got me. It took me off almost two years. That, that season and the next season because I wasn't, I couldn't run like, I couldn't use my left leg. Couldn't be hundred percent. Yeah, so yeah. like I got in the game a couple of times with Charlie White. Like I love Mac Brown. I love the way he run. He run hard. Mm-hmm. But my DNA is not a hard runner. I run hard, but my DNA is a slasher. I'm a break long runs. Mm-hmm. So when Charlie White came in, he see me as a hard nosed runner because I couldn't use my left leg. So I'm over here, pad pad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's not my game. My game is make a cut. Let's go. Let's go to work. And um, so that that was transition was hard when the new coach came in because I was injured and then. When I got healthy, you know, they want their guys to play. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a great coach, Mushin, but by that time, when I did get healthy, he kind of wanted his guys to more play. Um, playbook wasn't too tough. You know, it is more a strenuous playbook. It's a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, detailed information you got to learn. Bro. I can, but I can't. I, ain't, I haven't been through that, but just. It's no joke. Yeah. Yeah. High school. Play, so was it that much of a difference? or much, it was, It's night and like day. A, damn. High school plays might be 65 plays. College got 300 plays. Yeah. A college play, you can have one play, right? Mm-hmm. Say the play called Red Dog. Red Dog can have four or five emphasis on that one play, and you will run six plays on that one play. Damn. You get what I'm saying? Like, the play could change by just the way the defense lined up, the alignment of a defense. Mm-hmm. If the linebacker play A-gap or if it's single high or if it's two safeties, split safeties, like, the playbook could change. I mean, the play calling could change in, in a matter of seconds. So how did you go through that process of, like, I guess training yourself mentally to adjust to – all of these different plays and audibles in one play, and I got to learn all this stuff for this season to also, one, keep my position uh, to keep going. So how did that work out? Like, what was that process of doing that? For me, for me, it's like, you know, whatever you do in life, if you run the best, you want to be the best. Mm-hmm. You, you got to rise to that level of competition. So having guys that was before me, 
that won the national championship, that went to the SEC championship. Florida at the time was one of the top schools, like how Bama is. Still a top school, but they was winning. Mm -hmm. So once you get in there, you just got to adapt. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to get on this field and be part of that, you know, 11 that's on the field playing and the crowd change your name on, you got to learn the plays. Mm -hmm. And we had great coaches. You know, in, in college football, we got a lot of meet times. So you meet all the time. Mm -hmm. So different meetings, coach break down the family, break down the playbook. So it was like a great teacher. If I had great teachers, I probably wouldn't learn the playbook. But I had great teachers, and my quarterbacks were very intellectual. Mm. So they broke it down in a in kind of dummy terms for me. Okay. So you had to break it down in dummy terms at first when you go to college. Like, it's different, different ball game. I, I bet, man. Yeah. Just seeing it, seeing the actual motions and seeing watching people play in high school and watching people play in college and transfer to the NFL. Yeah. Watching it is night and day. So I know only imagine looking at those playbooks and seeing even like not saying it's the same as you playing Madden, but yeah. when you go on Madden, you see all the plays you gotta no, call. It's like that. It's like that. that. Yeah, it is. God, Lisa, that I know that was it could have took a mental strain on you. So from high school to college and before you transitioned to the getting dropped to the NFL, mentally, was there any times where you was like, well, throughout your whole career, I wanna quit, I wanna give up, this may be too hard, or this that mental fortitude, was there any depression and anxiety? Like, did you go through oh, those yeah. things? Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something. I mean, let's let's compare high school and college. Mm -hmm. Let's do that. Um, high school, you know, you got your classes. Would you in seven seven classes yeah. block schedule? Yeah. That's easy compared to college. I mean, college schedule, I'm going to break it down real quick. We have more than runs around 5 a.m., away training, 6. Um, you got meetings after that, right? Mm -hmm. Then you got to go straight to breakfast club, eat breakfast as a team, you know, or – you leave breakfast club, you got to go to class. So you're from class from 8 to 12, tutoring from 1 to 2. Then you got to report to state around 2.30. Mm. 2.30 meetings to 3.30, got to get dressed. 3.45, 4, you got to practice. 4 to 6.30, you practice. Get out of practice, you got study hall from 7 to 9. Mm -hmm. That's every day. Damn. Every day. Hey, that's a full Every load, day, dog. year long. That's mentally straining on you. Mm -hmm. And now think about this, too. If you have, a, if you have an injury... You got to go early in the morning because you got to rehab. So mm. Now that's messy tough. But then I broke my leg. I had a crutch from the bus all the way to class. Yeah, damn. They didn't give you one a little. No, back then we we really I was we wasn't really on the three wheel. We was on just you on that crutch. You got to go to go to class. Sheesh. You know, so that was pretty tough. Uh, but you know, my junior year, you know, it was really mentally draining on me because my family supported me. Like I said mm. again. Parents divorced, so when I played football, it brought my family together. Mm -hmm. So when they was coming down from Georgia all the time to come to Florida for my games, it's five hour drive here, five hours back, mm -hmm. and that we don't really have money like that. So like my parents got to stay in my apartment, you know. Mm -hmm. So we we packing up in the living room on the bed. That's love. Dog. Yeah, and uh, they come to the game. I'm not playing. So Damn. imagine that you at the game, your family drive all these hours, and you you on the sideline sitting down. I remember one day, bro. I don't know, it was my sophomore year, or my junior year, probably my senior year as well. I remember we was at this restaurant called L House, mm -hmm. and my dad was looking at me. He, you know, he looked sad because you know I was sad. Your parents can feel your emotions. Yeah. And I'm just looking back, like I got my head down. I remember I had like tears in my eyes. I'm like, man, this is crazy. I'm like, how can I imagine myself being in this situation? I'm like, at my one time, I feel like I was the the best back mm -hmm. that came in the cleats. Like one time, I feel like I was the best back ever. Like, I feel like God created me to be the best running back that ever lived. You know what I'm saying? And now I'm over here with this injury. I'm on the sideline. I don't know my left shoe from right shoe. Because, you know, when you lose your confidence, you don't know about nothing yeah. no more. You, you, you don't know how to catch. You don't know how to get handoffs. So in the restaurant, I'm looking like, man, how did I get myself in this position? So I'm just thinking back the last three years. I'm like, I have no touchdowns. I don't got no yards. I'm not going to get drafted. I said, I'm just in a shitty situation. Mm -hmm. 
And I remember at that moment, I'm like, I'm not gonna give up though. So I remember going home that um, that Christmas Thanksgiving. I don't know, it was Christmas break or Thanksgiving break. I went home and I got in my car and I was driving around to all my old parks. Mm-hmm. I got out of the car, I got walked on every field I played on, Central Cab Field, Reading Park Field. Walking on the field, and I'm like, man, I was a great player at one time. So I'm just trying to get my old memories. I'm just visualizing, like, yeah. I scored so many touchdowns here. I drove to M- Reader High School. I drove, this is one day. I drove to MLK High School. And one day, bro, no joke. Then I drove to Memorial Stadium in Pantersville. And probably around that time, I started in the morning and got to nighttime. And I got back home. I was just thinking back, like, man, I did a lot of good things growing That's up. Amazing. You know what I'm I did a lot of great things. So when I got back to school, I'm on one now. I'm on one. I said, you know what? I know they're going to do some shit. They're going to do something. They mm-hmm. might have bitched me this season. So what I did that senior year, I was on the track every weekend, the whole summer, on the track every weekend. First game come around, I lead the team rushing, get benched second game. Mm. Second game come around, get, I get in the game, last play, I get hit by um, Ruben. Ruben Foster, last play of the game. Drill. Boom. I didn't touch the field every, I didn't touch the field again to bowl game. But after every game of that college season, I was in my sand pit every night training. Mm. I told myself, I said, you know what? Summertime track, sand pit every Saturday, no matter if I play or not. I'm getting ready for the game. My game is spring ball. My game is is April um, 6th. Mm-hmm. I have pro day. My pro day is my game. I'm not going to have no stats this season because I know they're not going to play me because I can see the way things go. I'm not playing. Yeah. So my pro day was April 6th. So I'm training from that last summer, every game after every, after every football hard, game. Bro. And pro day I bought. And I got my chance to make it to the NFL. So how did, during those times, like, for Mac Brown, how did you get through that stuff? Like, was it, to take care of your mental health, did you go for long walks, just sit down and meditate? Like, what is your process of getting out of those ruts of those downtimes whenever you do experience them and when you did experience through that time? I had a key in early and just focus on where my two two feet is located. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm going to be at. I'll mm-hmm. be present where my two feet is. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm right here talking to you. That's all I'm worried about right now. I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. So at that moment is, if I could train hard as I can and be the best I could be at this moment, mm-hmm. then I'm going to be better the next day. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't worrying about what's going to go on next. Only thing I knew is I had a dream when I was a little kid to make it to the pros. Mm-hmm. And I'll make it to reality. So no matter what toss and turns or what roadblocks I got to go through, this is my journey. This this is my story I'm going to te- tell one day. Mm-hmm. Like how I'm telling you now, this is my story. And deep in my heart, I knew I was making it to the pros, no matter mm-hmm. what happened. Like, I really knew deep down. I told my teacher, Tim Gray, she argued me. One of my teachers, she argued me, and Tim Gray, like, you think you go all that? But I didn't. It's always I just, one of them. I didn't, I, I didn't think I was all that. Just I was a silly kid. You know, people didn't know what I was going through. You know, parents mm-hmm. divorced. You know, I was living with my aunt, with my dad. They know what I was going through. So, like, I was, like, laughing a lot, you know, joking around. But that's my fun, you know. And it, I remember that a lot about you, but I promise you. In, I in MLK, it was like. Always laugh. When Matt was on the field, bro, it was a beast. But just in class and through passing, bro, you was goofy as hell. Goofy, and always cracking jokes, bro. That's it. That's all that the me. time, that was me. bro. Yeah. So, but it, that's, it's just amazing to hear that story because anybody else, some people would have just folded and broke when yeah. they noticed I wasn't getting played. <clears throat> It seemed like my career and my dreams going down the drain. Like that takes a lot of mental fortitude and toughness and just mental strength to to push through that stuff. So I applaud you for that and to get to keep pushing through adversity, dog. Because yeah. that's tough on some people. Everybody's man. not built like that, it's man. Tough, man. But it, it, one thing too is I don't want to make it under, but a good support system is everything. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad. Every night, some days he's like, "You the best," and he like he like, "You the best. You the best. You you the best I ever seen." But at the moment, I'm like that. 
how am I the best and I can't get on the field? Because mm-hmm. I was discouraged, but I didn't know I was discouraged. He said, listen, you're the best. You're the best I ever seen touch the ball. You're the best. Speaking mom, to you. My mom, if I'm down, my mom's like, I love you. Or my sisters call me like, hey, man, we, we excited for you to play in the game. So my sisters and my parents, that sports system was no joke. And I knew I could have let them down. It's... I couldn't. And I remember um, in college, we had our senior speech. And before the last game of the season, you got to walk up in front of the team and speak. And I remember I broke down in front of my whole team. I was crying. I said, man, my career didn't go out playing. I don't remember all the words I said, but I remember the last word I did say was like, I'm going to make it to the pros. Mm-hmm. Some people probably laugh. I don't know who laughed, but some people started crying because people my team was real close to me. Like, Mac is silly, but Mac always brings the team together. Yeah. And <clears throat> I broke down to the team. I said, I'm going to make it to the pros. I'm going to make it. And that's the last thing I said. I said, I'm going to make it. Girl, that's, that's wild. Yeah. That support system, like you're saying. Yeah. I, with me growing up, I had support, but it was like more so kind of either outside of the home because we were just trying to survive most of the time. Like my parents just go get a job, go to work, trying to help them pay bills and X, Y, and Z. So it was just being spoken into. Yeah. It just wasn't there. But I, I, growing up, of course, it's not an excuse anymore, but I see the difference of why you got to speak into your children and why yeah, you got to be that person and uplift yeah. them in because yeah. at a young age, we're so impressionable. And it's like we're trying to navigate this world the best we can while not being an adult, but having that the, the parentals and your siblings just to say, hey, no matter what happens, we still love you. We got you. Do your thing. So I can only imagine just the, the fire and the flame that that put into you. And now that you're saying you, you always knew that you was going to make it to the pro. So let's jump to there. After college, how did that process work to when you got drafted into the NFL? So what was that like for you? Like, I know because, of course, that was your biggest dream. So just yeah. the emotions and the process. Yeah. So how was that for you? You know what? Um, I didn't get drafted, though. Mm-hmm. But that process, like I've been through that process in college. Like mm-hmm. how, how low can I get? Yeah. Like how low can you get until you get back up? So mm-hmm. I'm like, how low? I already been low. So I can't go any lower. Yeah, what else? So, so it's yeah. time to get up now. <laughs> so like um, going to the pros, I had my my trainer coach, David Irons, thank you for him. Um, he found me an agent. Mm-hmm. I had my junior year, I led a team in Russian. I didn't tell you that. I led a team in Russian my junior year of college. My senior year come around, they bitched me. I had a lot of agents call me my junior year. I, so after my senior year ended, the same agents I called back, hey, man, you think you could sign me, help me pay for my um, off-season training or pay, you know, mm-hmm. help me pay for somewhere to stay at so I can make it to a team? And the guy's like, oh, no, nah, you're not on the draft board. We can't can't pay for this, can't do this, can't do that. So I had no agent. And thank God this guy named David Glenn. Appreciate him. Shout out David Glenn. He um, signed me, paid for my apartment for all season, and he helped me you know, pay for my training. Mm-hmm. And that process is no joke. But by that time, I'm ready structured. I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to make it to pro day. Like I said, April 6th is my big day. I got to train. I got to make sure I compete. I got to make sure I perform at the highest of my ability so I can have scouts choose me to get a mini camp invite. Mm-hmm. So I had paid, my, my agent paid for training, and I get to pro day, I run a good 40, I run a good shuttle, and after the draft was over, um, the Houston Texans called me. Mm-hmm. They said, Mac Brown, we're going to bring you here for rookie minicamp. You got two days to prove if you're a good player. After two days, you go home. Sheesh. So rookie minicamp, you're not a priority free agent or a draft pick. <laughs> so draft picks and priority free agents, you on the team for sure. A rookie minicamp invite, you just got two days to show your talent. You prove yourself. And if you don't mm. prove yourself, you go home and you're done. Football's done. Jeez. Went to mini camp, rookie mini camp, and I, I showed out. I mean, one on ones, I made people miss. 
Kickoff turn, proper turn, I'm scoring. I'm catching passes, shaking people, scoring. Running back drills, I look the most fluid. Come back in the, um, after rookie minicamp ended, Bill O'Brien called me in his office. He was like, he said, hey, man, what school you played at? He said, I'm just joking. You played at Florida, right? <laughs> he was like, he's like, what happened at Florida? I was like, man, you know, I had some good plays in front of me. It was better than me. Mm-hmm. That's why I said it like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say coach did me wrong. I said yeah. they better than me at, at the moment. It's accountability right there. You know, and um, deep down in my heart, I knew I was better than the guys that was in front of me. But I told him they was better than me. I said, but I just want to be the best I could be now. He was like, you look the best on the field. We're going to sign you to the 90-man roster. I cried, called my mom and dad, called my agent. I said, I'm on the team. There for like a month. Last guy to sign is always the first guy out in case somebody get hurt. guy named Jeffrey Pagan got injured, and they had to bring another D-lineman in for OTAs. So they mm. cut me, sent me home. So now I'm back at the drawing board again. I'm at the drawing board again. I'm at home for a month and a half training, and um, by this time, training camp comes around, and Houston Texans called me back like, hey, you can come here. And another guy named from Washington called me. It's like, you can come here as well. So they called my agent. Like, you can come to Washington or come to Houston. So at the moment, I'm like, you know what? Let's go to Washington. Okay, mm. I got released by Houston already. As a young kid, you don't want to go back in that situation. It's a little bad boy, I already been through stuff yeah. in Florida. I don't want to get back in that old situation again. And um, the LeBron did tell me he's going to bring me, bring me back for training camp. But by that time, I'm like, you know what? Let me try something different. In Washington, I had my teammate named Matt Jones. I played with that Florida running back. Jordan Jordan Reed, I played with at Florida. Mm. He's a tight end, starter team. And I had a guy named Quinn Dunbar, one of the guys I played with at mm. Florida as well. He's a receiver, moved to DB. So I had people I was familiar with. And I went to training camp with Washington. And I balled in training camp. I ain't balled too much. I balled a little bit. Yeah. I was a little nervous a little bit. <laughs> I balled okay. And I got released again. Damn. So then I get picked up again in October coming around. But by that time, I'm like, this this is it. This is the third time is the best. Yeah. I come back. October and I'm balling, bro. Every time I touch the ball, I'm scoring, I'm scoring, I'm scoring. Season in, they signed me to the 90-man roster again. So now I got a free slate. Now January come around, I'm going to my second year. But now, remember, you know, you got new draft picks coming mm-hmm. in. You got new trial guys that been through what I've been through. I'm on a roster. Coming in that next season, I'm confident. You know, he asked question, but by that year, I balled and I led the whole preseason to rushing. And I, I ended up making my first 53-man um, roster that year. Mm. Yeah. That process sound like hell, dog. Yeah. It was hell. But <laughs> Getting it was signed in, dropped, and signed in, dropped. Coming home. Yeah. And that's when I'm talking about, like, how I guarantee that's, it plays a big part of what you got in life right now. Because going through that, that's tough. Like, some, a lot of people will have just said, you know what? Fuck this. I am done. Yeah. I, like, the, the courage and the... The angst to just keep pushing forward is amazing. So once you got that big break, what in your mind, like, what was your next move on, on say, how I'm going to maintain this and how I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen to me again? Just I know, again, it's not always in your will and your power to do so because it's, at the end of the day, it's a business that they're trying business, to run. Yeah. So you could feel secure here or not, but the head honcho is they run as a business. So how did you kind of prepare yourself and protect yourself and get to that point where – I'm here and I'm staying. I'm locked in for good. So what was that for you? So like I said, 15 was the year I was on practice squad on and off the team. 16 is the year I led the team in rushing. But that that preseason game against Tampa, mm-hmm. you probably seen my Instagram when I kept I breaking did. long runs. And <laughs> actually, that game we Proud played. Of a boy, man. Yeah, third game we played. We played a game on Saturday. We played the next game on that Wednesday. It was a hurricane was coming. So it's like either y'all cancel the game and guys get released, or y'all can play the game, but y'all gotta fly down the same day. My dad and him driving in a hurricane to the game. 
And I was like, what are you doing coming to this game? He said, I'm not going to miss what you do. So they already had me set up to get released after the game. Damn. They, they already had, so they had a guy named Robert Kelly. They already knew he was going to make the roster. And during that game, I said, you know what? Let's 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 show the world what this is. Like, mm -hmm. what I've been through since I was younger of trying to get my confidence back in college or not getting drafted, getting released. Let's show people in this one game, even if it's one run. If God give me one run, I get hurt. Let me mm -hmm. show everybody how good I am, you know, how great I am. So that game, I took over the game. I had like 130 yards in the first half. And after that game ended, they ended up releasing me again. But they released yeah. me to practice squad. <laughs> By the moment, my agent wasn't, he wasn't a, he was a good agent, but he wasn't seasoned yet. You know, um, so Tampa called my agent. They were like, hey, man, we can come to Tampa. He's on practice squad for a week, and we can elevate him, or he go to Washington. My agent was like, let's go to Washington. Washington. I ended up being in Washington the whole seven weeks on practice squad. Week eight, I get elevated to active roster, and now I'm balling. I'm active roster. I'm getting um, scout team player of the week. I'm getting special team player of the week. I'm balling. That's the hard work. Come to week 13, come around, <laughs> I get eight carries of 92 yards. That's the hard work. Last time work. I touched the ball was in the preseason for 148. Then I didn't get the ball again until week, you know, that week. You yeah. know, I had almost 100 yards and less than 10 carries. But that year, I just wish if I went to Tampa or, or way things would have went, I wasn't on – I was in game shape to really run for 1,000 yards. I feel like I could have been a top five back that mm -hmm. year. My body just was in in sequence of me really taking over a game, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And, of course, you asked me earlier, like, how would I do things different or how can I make the team? So every year, all season, I tell myself to get in best shape I could be, right? Mm -hmm. You got to have a plan to get in the game. Make sure you leave the game healthy, but make sure I got four explosives. If I can get four explosives every game, mm -hmm. and if I could get a tackle on kickoff or I can get a good block on punt team, I know I made the team every year. Mm. So your main thing is just make make sure you have a good rushing yard carry of four yards to six yards per carry in the preseason game. Make sure you just make a play on special teams. If you have that DNA, you'll make the team every year. And it may make some, even to me, it may sound, okay, just four of those plays, but – I guarantee. What was the difficulty of getting those four good plays though? Like it makes that number is small, it's hard. but it's hard. in the NFL, yeah. four plays may be equivalent to twenty or thirty yeah. to get them. So how hard was it to get them, or was it just a, a more of your athletic ability, yeah. or just a look of the draw? Hey, if this hole it, is open, it, it could be I'm all gone. three. It could be all three, but same time is um long as I can make one guy miss. If I can mm. make my my thing is if a lot of um. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to say this, but a lot of guys that's great players in the league, right, running backs, they got – like Ezekiel Elliott, for instance, mm -hmm. 2016, 2017, he had a great O-line, the best O-line ever. Mm -hmm. You know, he get the balls wide open, right? But he's a great back as well. As a back like me that's third string, fourth string, you're not going to have the best blocks blocking for you. Mm -hmm. So my thing is, if I'm going to be on the NFL roster, I need to make somebody miss. Mm -hmm. So my thing is, if I make somebody miss and I move the chains, once I beat my chest, if I do like this in the game and I got a first down – I'm in my groove. I know once I get in my groove, I don't care if a guy get through the line of scrimmage, I'm going to make a miss and I'm going to get upfield. Yeah. So my thing is once you get this chains moving, once you get in your rhythm, you know, four yards here, six yards here, 15, mm -hmm. eight yards here, six yards here, 20. Mm -hmm. Get in the rhythm of your game. You got to get in the rhythm. Like boxers, like jab, jab, hook. Yeah. Football is six yards, seven yards, 15. As long as you get in the rhythm, that's the main thing. And as long as you're saying it in my head, I'm just looking at like a Falcons game. That's actually how it go in the stands. He's like, God, damn, they only get me small carries, but after those third or fourth play, they that's gone. It so it's, it's like it's a, a science and that rhythm to yeah. it, and that's wild. So once you got um, in the NFL, right, when did you realize like what was that that moment like? Damn, 
I did it. Like I accomplished my dream. Like how how did that feel for you? And what was that day like or that week or that month? Like what was that for you in that experience? I believe it was 26, 2016, I was on practice squad for a couple of weeks, not getting getting elevated. But that season, I feel like I made it. Mm-hmm. We ended up playing a game in um, London. So we flew to London to play the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, flying to London, you know, different country, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And people seeing you play, like, cause at that time, I think we played at, like, 7 o'clock in the morning, American time. I yeah. forgot the time it was in London. But when I went to London and played a game there, that's when I knew I made it. It was it was different. And, Did you, know, you uh, cry one time? Like, just had nah, that to yourself moment of like... Nah, not really. <laughs> Only time I really cried was when I was stressed out and I was really... Yeah. And anxiety was high when I wasn't playing and then I made my first roster. Mm-hmm. But by that time, I'm in a groove. I'm, I'm having fun. I'm like, you know what? I, I got money to take care of my family. Mm-hmm. You know, I got things I can buy for myself. You know, mm-hmm. I, I ain't really buy clothes like that in college because I had to use my money from college to pay my car notes. So like, I started making money. I had time to help my dad pay his rent. You know, mm-hmm. so things like that. It was just, you know, I was just wanting to stay stay working. I know that was a great yeah. feeling, man, being yeah. able to accomplish your dream. But at, and at the same time, it's like now I can be a provider for my dudes, pops, my sister. Yeah. So it's like that as a man, <clears throat> excuse me, that's sometimes what we're built for, being a provider, a yeah. protector. Yeah. And you was able to accomplish those things for your family at a young age. But so were, are you, were you the first person in your family to make accomplishments this big as far as like going to NFL Monetary oh, yeah. value. So you was the first one. Without a doubt. I mean, my sisters, they both got masters. And they both mm-hmm. got great careers. Now, I think we all push each other to be mm-hmm. better. My parents didn't go to college, but as far as the things I accomplished, for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, six six all percent high school. I mean, I played in the under under armor all American game. I was the first game in the Cab County, probably the first game in Georgia to play on ESPN. Mm. Um, <laughs> I was one of the Gatorade players. I mean, I was an Army All American. Yeah, I mean, I went to the University of Florida as a power five I'm school. I'm trying to keep up, man. Yeah, I mean, stats, I, was first, I was first <laughs> with my family for sure. And I was on another TV show called Future Phenoms. Mm-hmm. I mean, things I was doing, my sisters, my mom and dad was really That's proud amazing. of me. That's amazing. And at the moment, I was like, it's just things keep coming coming. But, I mean, I'm thankful for my journey, mm-hmm. you know. Sometimes like I, do, I could do things different by going to a different school or yeah. anything like that. But, nah, you know, what God got planned for us is exactly his plan. You That's know, we step into... His steps he got for us. You know, sometimes we're like, wow, I could have did something different, but we always going to win no matter what. You know what he's doing. Yeah, so, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me again. So, again, so now kind of getting to post-NFL, exiting that journey of your life. Like, you did all this work to get there, and now it's like, and it's time to leave. So what happened there to where it's, okay, I'm done. Now let me move on to the next journey of my life. So how was that transition for you? So, 20, so 2018 – and I was playing Minnesota. I had my I was going on a good contract. I think I signed one year deal for six ninety, right? Mm-hmm. But going in that year, the year before that, we went to the NFC Championship. We played the Eagles. Mm-hmm. That's when I was with the Vikings at the time. It was one game for the Super Bowl. My agent was like, "If you do what you got to do in the preseason, you have a decent first two games. You can get a two year deal for like seven million to twelve million. Mm-hmm. So that year, I'm excited. Like, wow, I'm about to really make some money. I could really, <laughs> you know. Tired my parents, not yeah. retired my parents, but helped them out you more. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, and we get to OTAs. Second drill in OTAs, I pop my tendon. God damn! Bro. I haven't got hurt since. <laughs> I haven't got hurt since college. Pop my tendon right here from. So what I tore this is called semi tendinosis tendon. Mm-hmm. It connects from here all the way down to your big toe. Damn. Tore it, missed, took me out for like the whole off season. Yeah. End up leaving Wash. End up leaving Minnesota. Going back to Washington. And I'm back in Washington. I'm running, but I couldn't get healthy. So I ended up leaving Washington at the end of the season and went back home and rehab. 
from January, from December of that year to the next June, I trained the hardest I ever trained. Mm. When you talking about blood, sweat, tears, I went through that. I couldn't, I couldn't even run on this leg. I'm training my trainer. Mr. Curtis went back to old school. Mr. Curtis, I like, listen. You got to train hard. It's going to hurt every day. Your leg going to hurt every day. I'm talking about this is how crazy it was mentally. My tendon is torsed to this day. Mm. The tendon keeps your hamstring structure, right? You got, mm-hmm. three, got three big major hamstring muscles. I was going to pull my hamstring every day and train it. For me to go to my next phase to get to the 4 4 uh, 40, mm-hmm. I was going to pull my hamstring every day until I get to that phase. It's no joke. I put this in my life. I'm running every day. I'm in the run rocket. I'm running. I get out, hamstring pull. Boom. At one moment, no joke, at one moment, I'm spending over $1,000 a week, $1,000 of treatment a week so I can get ready for June training camp. I have my doctor, Dr. Marco, and Dr. Eric Gorman at my training with Mr. Curtis. I said, listen, I know I'm going to pull my hamstring when I do this drill, but I need you to make sure you work on me so I can get back to the drill again. I did everything I I could do, spend thousands and thousands of dollars of getting ready for training camp. I go to Raiders in training camp. I ball in the Raiders. I was number three rusher in the preseason. I got released. No way I got released. No way. I spent all that money all season. I did everything. I did everything I can do. I balled out last game of preseason. I had like 13 carries for 96 yards. Average like 4.7. I don't know how many yards. Well, I know I averaged over four yards. Mm-hmm. And I got released. Damn, man, that adversity. At that, at that moment, I was kind of like, it's time to give it up. I ended up going to XFL in January. Mm-hmm. I played two games and quit. I said, I'm done. Word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But by that moment, I'm already transitioned already. 18, I already got my real estate company going. Okay. So, but after 2020, I was like, it's time to really move on. And so was, were you, at that time, really comfortable with that decision? Or was it just like, a, I don't want to do no further injury. I'm kind of, you know, I don't have it no more. Or was it just like, you knew, like, I, you was bro, cool with it when you it was, was done? It was so much going on. My best friend died from brain aneurysm. Damn. One of my teammates played in college. My grandma died. My cousin got killed. Damn. Um, my aunt died. Uncle died. Great-grandma died. Damn. Yeah, then my grandma died when I was in the XFL, and I didn't get to go to a funeral. So when I quit, I was done. I had no time to grieve anything, anybody I lost. Mm-hmm. So when I left and I went home, I kind of grieved for a couple weeks. I was like, I'm, I'm happy to be done. Mm-hmm. People ask me now, like, man, look, like you still will play. I said, well, you looking like yeah. I, I, I was like, you know what? I probably can still play. I still, I'm still fast. I said, uh, but God got me doing something different. You know, yeah. you know, I went back. To, you know, twenty went back to school, got my MBA. So I'm doing things different right now. Mm-hmm. And that's my goal now, you know, give back more to family, mm-hmm. you know. Also, give people that's under me something different. Don't just say you play football. Don't say you got a backup plan. Let's say you got a dual plan. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm comfortable of the decision I made. When I quit, I feel like a thousand pounds of my body just got it off. I said, Damn. man, my senior year, I ain't played college football. I, I ain't get no plays. I played five years in the pros. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful. Right, because some be lucky to play one year or just to even get into uh, the pros. Even so, put a helmet on or get man, on people. Thankful, and I played five years. No so matter how long your career is, it was a blessing, dog. So that, I got my that's, credit. I got credit years. I'm, I'm, I mean, I got my credit season, so I'm good. Mm-hmm. I get my retirement. I got all that, everything. Oh, you good, dog? Yeah. That, that's that's beautiful. Yeah. So now, since after that, and you say you got your real estate um investments going, and yeah. also the clothing brand, shout out. Oh yeah, yeah. I had to rock the shirt, man. Appreciate you know it, what I'm saying? Appreciate so, it. What made you get into that field of things? Like, what was your mindset there? Just, uh, okay, this is what I'm really interested in? Or was it just like, let me find something else to do uh, to get these businesses going? So how did that journey come about? When I was younger, me and my dad, we watched sports together. We watched every sport, football, baseball, basketball. Me and my mom, we watched a show called Extreme Makeover. Mm-hmm. And it showed people how, like, people struggling or people have a house and they come in and redo the house. Mm-hmm. And I always told my mom I want to get in real estate one day. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to flip. So we got them flipping houses. 
in 18. Well, I started like buying properties like 17, 18, but I started flipping in 19. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to do that and I love fashion. Mm -hmm. So that's actually when I first designed, but I love fashion. I mm -hmm. love clothes, I love shoes, I love earrings, I love jewelry, you know. So I wanted to kind of like, you know, make a, a brand, but as well, I wanted to have a real estate company. So you see a lot of guys now they flip, right? Mm -hmm. And or they real estate agents. I want to be do more than that. Mm -hmm. So I went I went back to school and got my MBA in finance and I got my MBA in real estate development. I did two majors. In real estate development, I want to be a developer. I want to develop like multi-family units. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm kind of getting into building right now. Like the end of this year, I'm, I'm acquiring some land. I'm gonna build like two houses and two duplexes. But next year I'm gonna get into building commercial like uh, hundred units. That's what I want to do. So right now, um, you know, doing my real estate development um, MBA. Now I'm studying for the PNP certification. It's project management. Mm -hmm. So I can really learn how somebody how to really you manage projects. You can aspect of the game. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to show people you can do things different, yeah. you know. Um, and as well as, um, you know, as a, a leader in your organization, as an entrepreneur, you want to develop your skills best best you can. You want to be a knife. Like, I want to be everything. I want to be like Batman. I got my... my the whole utility my, Everything, the whole on. belt. You know what I'm saying? So right now... I'm actually getting my PhD as well in leadership mm -hmm. to be a better leader, executive leadership. And now I just got into the program um, at Harvard, a certification program called um, Business Analytics. Mm -hmm. It's about how you look at numbers. So I started taking that in August. Mm. You, you get what I'm saying? So my thing is I want to... facet it for sure, bro. Yeah, so I want to make sure the next four months, like what month is it? July? July to December, well, six months, whatever it is, I want to make sure I grind it out right now. Mm -hmm. And by the time December ends, I'm, I have all my certifications and I'll be able to really know the back story of Everything. So, like, whatever I want to jump into, I could be successful at it. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Because when you build a business, you want to be able to build a valuation for the business. Let somebody else, you know, be the leader of it. Mm -hmm. I'm the leader. I'm the head of it. But let somebody else drive it. Yeah. And the valuation continue to increase, and you can sell your business mm -hmm. later on. Oh, so you looking to get an um, exit, or are you looking for the long run? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm going to do, I want to be a sports agent. Okay. So, I want to build this business of my real estate portfolio, and I'm going to sell it soon. Mm-hmm. If I really want to be, really be a sports agent. So that's where you're going. Not your end all, but that's your, I'm going to ride this. I'm going to ride it out. Yeah. I'm not a lawyer. Most <laughs> agents, they either lawyers, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. or they got a million dollars. I'm not a, a millionaire mm -hmm. like that. You know what I'm saying? So like my thing is my agency going to be behind um, financial services. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So my agency, got, I got to have that's other income coming in to be able to fund. These players are expensive, bro. I bet. You got to pay <laughs> players money from... Stipends, it's expensive, so I gotta fund that. So I gotta mm -hmm. figure out like what can I do to make the most money. So I research every day, like if I get this MBA, how much money can I make? I mean, yeah. this, I'm being real. I tell kids all the time, like if I get this business analytics certification, how much money can I make? Mm -hmm. If I get my PhD, how much money can I make? Like right now, I'm looking at this um, certification at um, Wharton School of Business. It's mm -hmm. um, private equity. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a two month program. I'm gonna start ahead next in spring. You got your head in the ground. Yeah, I just want to work, man. Hey, that's good. Yeah. Keep your head down and stay focused and locked that's in, it. man. Like a lot of people should be doing that because, again, in life, you only do this thing one time. Man. So how much time do you really plan to waste on the BS and uh, having fun? Like, you can, you know, it's a, it's a balance of everything in life, yeah, but it's it just my view my view about, like, the brand inherited, right? Again, it's built on discipline and consistency, but I understand this is bigger than me, dog. When I die, I can't take no car with me. I can't take no house, no money, no clothes. So it is my obligation and my duty to prepare for the next generations coming up. So yeah. that's how I had to switch my mindset, especially post-military. It's like, damn, 
Oh yeah, Mary's milk. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was a fun little time. That's crazy. Yeah, that's funny you said that. It was a yeah, fun yeah, time. I forgot man. about that. That's crazy. But it's like the the the, yeah. the kids. They they are really our future. So it is up to us to prepare them to one day again take care of us and to propel what's coming up next, man. Yeah. In life, but just a real quick to touch on before we get out of here on your clothing brand, let's explain that what it's about and then the inspiration behind it. So memory, I came up with memory, the brand. Um, you think about turtles, right? Mm-hmm. Turtles, I, mean, I might be wrong, because people like looking stuff up, but I believe the turtle got great memory. You know, mm-hmm. like the big turtles, they live a lot. Yeah, I was say one of the oldest and the wildest. Oldest they say, and, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So memory-wise, they, they remember a lot of things. So uh, memory is everything I've been through of childhood. You know, remember I said when I was in college, I lost my confidence. So all my memories I had from park ball in high school, I mm-hmm. had to remember those memories to get back confident in college, right? Mm-hmm. So that. all the memories I got from childhood to propel me who I am now, mm-hmm. that's why I named the brand Memory. Mm-hmm. You know, we lose a parent, we lose a grandparent. All that you got left is their memories. You, you know like what I'm saying? That. That's hard. So my my main brand is, is the M logo, right? It's the M logo. It's Memory. Mm-hmm. But my secondary logo is a turtle mm-hmm. to to be the significant factor of like the symbolism of um to symbolize turtles live a long time they got mm-hmm. great memories so that's why I did it too as well as life is not a sprint life is a marathon facts if you watch the, the turtle versus the hair race the turtle always moves slower but the turtle always finishes the race yes, life sir. is about finishing it ain't about like I'm gonna compete with this guy make more money than him it's about as long as you happy about yourself as long as you know you gave everything you got that day you gonna get to the finish line. And remember, the finish line never ends. Mm-hmm. Every time you accomplish a goal, it's gonna keep going. The turtle always believe in keep running your race. So that's why my brand's called Memory with a turtle as a symbolization. That's beautiful, man. I love that, yeah. dog. And I'm gonna continue to support. So before yeah. we get out of here, if there is one thing that you can go back in time and tell young Mac Brown, what it would be? Young Mac Brown is not to have a backup plan. Mm. I tell young Mac Brown have a dual plan. You know. No matter what you're gonna go through, you know you're gonna win, mm-hmm. and and push everything, push football just like you push education. Mm-hmm. I mean, push your education just like you push football. You know, now I'm I'm in school. I'm not saying I'm playing catch up. I'm doing a lot, but I wish I would have used my resources more in college. You know, doing more internships. I wish mm-hmm. my fifth year of college I would have got my master's. But have a dual plan instead mm-hmm. of a backup plan. That's what I tell young Mac Brown. That's lovely. And once again, so if anybody that out, that's out here that's watching and listening would love to go to the NFL, would love to get in real estate, would love to start a clothing brand, just talk to them and tell them, give them that advice and help them get to where you at, further than you in life, so just get them, get the people some good advice for that. So if you guys, whatever <clears throat> dream you have, I mean, you want to be a coach, athlete, you know, whatever you want to do, keep two feet in. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody you know did it how you want to do it, you know, take a couple steps from them. Like, take a little piece from this guy, take a piece from this lady, and put it together for yourself and build it. Build a build a, a strong mm-hmm. engine, build a strong foundation. And I didn't say this earlier, but uh, I work for a finance company as well. I'm an executive consultant. So I tell people all the time, it's like, whatever you, your dream is, it brings reality. If you really want to do this, mm-hmm. learn Thanks. free books on it, go on YouTube, look at videos, find mentors that could teach you what you want to do, and go do it. Facts, man. Same way, bro. I love, like, I'm a sponge. It's like knowledge is just knowledge and wisdom and understanding. It's what I pray for every day. And it's just getting in and learning stuff. That's the best way you're going to progress in life and grow, man. The best way. But again, man, it was a blessing having you here, bro. I enjoyed the conversation. Um, Pretty sure we'll have another one day soon. You never know. But um, 
Y'all look the show nice, man. You did a great job. Appreciate like, it, dog. Appreciate yeah, it, man. It's been a long time coming. But before yeah. you leave, to tell everybody um where they can find you on social media. If you got any announcements you want to announce, let them know that. Um, that's all you, Brody. Okay, yeah. social media find me on Instagram at Mac Prime B M A C K P R I M E B on Instagram, Twitter. You can't find me. I got hacked. <laughs> On Facebook, you can find me, Mac Brown. Put Latonia, Georgia behind it. I don't know. They still got my old high school address behind it. Um, that's how you find me. That's it. Cool, man. Mm-hmm. So, again, y'all can find me on Instagram, at SirGatesBC. That's all across the border. Now, with threads, too. That's uh, Hit me up on threads, at SirGatesBC. Oh, yeah, Twitter yeah. and everything else, man. Um, yeah. Following the Inherited Podcast, at N-H-E-R-I-T-D Podcast. And the brand, N-H-E-R-I-T-D, that's Inherited. But again, it's another episode in here, the podcast. Thank y'all for listening. Tune in. Make sure y'all like, comment, and subscribe. And follow the page, man. And we out, man. Appreciate it, Nick. Yeah, man. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. That was good.